Today on Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, a fine, fine boy. You're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It's the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every single Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order. I'm J.B. Clark. I'm joined as always by Rob Carmack. Rob, what's up? I'm feeling fine, fine, JB. How are <laughs> fine, you? Fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great, man. I'm great, great. Good. I'm glad you're great, right? Great, yeah. great. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we're back. Okay, so this this song that we're talking about today is, is another one from the 2009 album, the 25th anniversary of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert. So this is the second. We've, we've only been at, at this season four business for like three three weeks, and we're already too deep into this one particular album, which happens to be all covers. So, um, yeah. So we're doing more covers today. How, how yeah. are you? How are you feeling about the covers, JB? You ready to get to some original material, or are you, are you good with the covers? I am ready to get to original material. I will say that as far as covers go, we've been in good shape so far. Yeah, these are not bad covers. Obviously. Yeah, but so far the most negative thing that's been said was this isn't my favorite four top song. That's true. That's that's the most negative we've gone. Which was followed by I like the four tops and I like this record a lot. Yeah, correct. So this is if you if you missed our first episode uh, for the season, uh, you could go back and listen because we're not gonna we probably don't need to explain the entire like origin story of this album. But I I did this album came out in two thousand nine. We started the podcast in two thousand sixteen. I should have caught that this album was out in our, on our in our first season. I didn't. So uh, we're we're catching it now. So that's that's why all the covers. Yeah, that's yeah. why all the covers. But yeah. uh, hey, great, they're good yeah. songs. We love them. Absolutely. So this song is a really good song, and the the song was written by Jeff Barry, Ellie Gr- Greenwich, and noted murderer Phil Spector. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing at that. I mean that. I'm no, just no. I just am so glad that one of my friends has to bring up the justice piece every time. Well, yeah, because people because, talk about like he was a genius. He invented the wall of sound. He did all these things. Oh, and yeah. also, if you're if you look really closely at his life story, he did also murder a woman. But yeah, yeah the murder should be the first thing that we remember about Phil Spector. Yeah. But he also happened to be a pretty good songwriter. Yeah. So anyway, the, he was one of the he was one of the songwriters of this the, this particular yeah. song, and it was the song he was a, a fine, uh, fine better songwriter than Charles Manson. Not quite as good of a murderer, but they're both shitty. Yes. Uh, yeah. Correct. Well put. <laughs> yes. Who had musical aspirations? Yeah. Who had musical aspirations? Um. So this and song, were mildly successful. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Charles Manson was mildly successful at being a musician anymore. Yeah, he's Hitler about. Was. I get paid uh, part part of my salary as a musician. He was more famous than I am. <laughs> I think he's famous for other things more though. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so this song, A Fine Fine Boy, was originally released as a single by Darlene Love in 1963. So I think... Before Man, I feel it, like we've just fully besmirched Darlene Love's name. Why? <laughs> just like, we're like, we're going to talk about this Darlene Love song and Phil Spector and Charles Manson. Well, in, in, to talk about... In fact, I think we should talk well, about... Well, I guess it. Phil Spector was on the song. The, yeah. All right. Well, right. He, he, he wrote the song. Or yeah. co-wrote the song. But I mean, in order... We need to talk about Darlene Love. To fully, and, and in order to talk about Darlene Love, at a certain point, you do have to talk about Phil Spector. You do. So let me ask you this, JB. Did you ever see the the 2013 documentary, 20 Feet from Stardom? No, and I feel like I have, though, because this is one of your most 
This is your biggest needle drop as far as docs go. It's such a great doc. I mean, I cannot believe you've never yeah. watched this. Well, this you've just talked about it so much that I, I feel like I've already seen it. <laughs> well, if, if you haven't seen it, for anybody out there, the film, 20 Feet from Stardom, follows the experiences of backup singers in, in the music industry, like successful backup singers. And Darlene Love is actually one of the people featured in the film. So you learn a lot about Darlene Love by watching the movie. Um, but there's more to her than just that. So the story behind Darlene Love is, and I'm, we're, we won't, we can't do a full, we can't just do her whole Wikipedia page. It would take all night. But um, she was born Darlene Wright in 1941. But when she started working with Phil Spector in 1962, he made her change her name to Darlene Love. And she she has a really fascinating and pretty long story, which is why Twenty Feet from Stardom is worth your time. But she she was a highly sought after background vocalist who worked with Sam Cooke, Dionne Warwick, The Beach Boys, Elvis Presley, Tom Jones, Sonny and Cher, several others. And then also back when David Letterman had a late night talk show, Darlene Love was invited every single year to sing the song "Christmas Baby, Please Come Home" on his show. Letterman actually called her uh, the the Christmas Queen, and um, the original Christmas Queen, the original Christmas Queen. And we, we could do a whole deep dive into the weeds about how Phil Spector arguably held Darlene Love back and kept her from being a bigger star. In fact, he wrote the song, and, and ju- just to give you an idea, like this isn't, isn't just like paranoid, like, oh man, she would have been such a, a big deal if Phil Spector hadn't held her back. He wrote the song, Phil Spector wrote the song, She's a Rebel, and had Love sing lead on it, but then he released the song as being performed by the Crystals, who did not perform the song, and Darlene Love was not a part of that group. So he took her work and gave it to somebody else like fully finished work and gave it to somebody else and she got upset about that naturally and so later on he had specter had her record the song he sure the boy i love and he, he she made him promise that she could release that song under her own name but later on she was driving in her car heard the song played on the radio and the radio dj said that's the new single by the crystals so he did it to her again and he oh. he kept her from being a solo act who pr- very easily could have been just another Diane Ross, Diana Ross, um, or Aretha Franklin. I mean, I, it, it might sound like I'm being grandiose in how I describe her, but she really is that good. And no, she's um, as good as it gets. Yeah. yeah, she is. And if it had not been for, and, but she ended up becoming basically the, the most talented background vocalist who ever like had a job as a background vocalist. Um, instead of being a star in her own right until she was much older and Letterman like, started bringing her on a show every year to do the Christmas song. So, um, yeah. but a fine, fine which, boy was, was a song that she did that she actually did get credit for, which I kind of hate that this is called a Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah. With Darlene love. Cause she plays it. And also it, it's an Eastry band song, Yeah, but well, they are actually credited on it on Spotify. Uh, yeah, like it probably should. On artist. Yeah, they're it's it's because they're on stage and they're bringing up different artists. And yeah, th- I mean it, it truly is, and I mean it is really it's a their performance. Yeah, with Darlene Love, but like it's a Darlene Love song, and it's it's just it's it's ironic that they're like that's the Darlene Love story. I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's so good. Her voice is so good. Um, she reminds me of, or I guess. This woman, the lead singer of the band, the Serotones, out of Bossier City, Louisiana. They're like a psychedelic punk band that's a little swampy rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And and their lead singer sings like Darlene. She's play, She's got that like playful, like very like uh, referential, like referencing a lot of like bigger um, 
traditional sort of like you know sounds and melodies and stuff but like being playful with it kind of like darlene does and so yeah nice love it yeah um, by Still, the way 20 feet from stardom is, is streaming on hbo max if you oh, have sick. if right, you have I'm, hbo max you can watch it right now i'm gonna put it on my watch list do it right now Sorry, I'm putting it on my watch list. So what else? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all I had. I mean, the, 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 history, the history of this song and the history of Darlene Love is probably the most interesting thing to talk about here. Because, again, not unlike with Your Love Keeps Lifting Me Higher and Higher, it's, it's, it's a live performance. It's, it's big. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a thing I wish I'd been in the room for. Um, and he, he, does, he brings out Darlene Love. And it's kind of interesting, too, because the whole night, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert was um, supposed to be, like, songs written like performing songs by artists who already were in the hall of fame. But when Bruce brings her out on stage, yeah, he, um, he says she, she's not in the hall of fame yet, but if there's any justice, she will be this year. So get out your ballots and vote. And she actually wasn't, um, inducted for another two years after that. So Br- Bruce's campaigning aside, it didn't work, but, yeah. um, I, well, I think the think... hall of fame doesn't necessarily yeah. know their head from all on the ground <laughs> no well and it, it, it is it's an open ballot like you know there, there's there's a lot of people who do a lot of lobbying for various artists and yeah. and it and i honestly i think the, i think she was inducted in 2013 which was the same year that 20 feet from stardom came out and i have to think that that movie played a part in her getting her over the finish line. oh for sure for sure you know well it kind of put her on the map in a way that she hadn't been you know, so much in the past. It, it made her it, it made her a more well known entity than than she had been um, before because um, because Phil Spector was a powerful guy and he held her down and that was um, you know that that's kind of how he operated. In fact, I don't, have you ever seen the movie um, Bad Time at the El Royale? Oh yeah. <laughs> the the Cynthia Revo character I think is supposed to be based on Darlene Love. Yeah, that feels right. That feels right. Yeah. So that's just a little side, but that, I that's love a, that movie. That's a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a very random, not super well received, very fun movie. Um, yeah, it's incredible. She has like the playfulness and like the pop of the Ronettes and like the like the real like you were talking about earlier, like the sort of like gravitas, you know, of some of like the greater, you know, more serious soul singers. And I don't know, she's yeah. incredible. Yeah, she, she's she's amazing, and, and I mean, some somebody should do a, a podcast, a, an alphabetical podcast of all the songs that Darlene loves saying background on because yeah. there's a lot. Um, but yeah, she she's, I, it, it's it's a real shame that Phil Spector had the power that he had over her because she she should have been a much bigger star than she was. Yep, she's still alive, but I I, I keep referring to her in the past tense. She's 81 years old. She's still alive, but yeah, um, she in in her in her prime when she was doing he's a rebel and a fine, fine boy. And like, uh, he sure the boy I love. He, she was like, that's that when she, that's when she could have like really blown up and gone out on the scene. And, um, Phil Spector just prevented her from being successful. Phil Spector's the worst. Yeah. He's a, he's an asshole. So, <laughs> um, he's a murderous asshole. And, uh, that's, that's the Phil Spector story. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know, I don't know that there's a lot more to say here about this song. Uh, like I said, I think the Darlene Love deserves a conversation about her. Um, but I, I don't know that the song, like, other than just saying, like, I really like the song and I like the E Street Band's performance of the song. I like, I like the sound of Darlene Love, like, singing over the E Street Band. Yeah. Um, so I like everything about this. I just don't know, like, critically, I don't know that there's a lot more to be said. Yeah. I don't know what anything stand out to you from like on on the recording end. No, I just love that she has like 
a really belty voice, but she can sing these like really like sort of staccato, playful. You know, I mean, I keep saying playful. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But you know, like she's like there's a lot of staccato in there, but then she has this big. You know, she can just croon in between on these big notes. And, yeah, yeah. No, Darling loves the as good as it gets. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like, like I was saying earlier, or you know, a couple weeks ago, the the E Street Band is additive. You know, it's exponential. If you add somebody to the E Street Band, they elevate them. They put them on a pedestal. That's their that's their superpower. Yeah. Just like the Roots. <laughs> yes, and they're just like the world's greatest house band. What's the couple episode? What, there's what, at least one, maybe another one, where Springsteen and the E Street Band have been on. Uh, Jimmy Fallon and like yeah. they've all played together and it's just it's magic they um they're I, I forget I think it was the Wrecking Ball tour they were they were promoting but they they came on Jimmy Fallon's show and did um the uh E Street Shuffle and yeah. like they had all like both bands on the stage like playing all the all the parts and doing everything yeah. and uh, I think Jimmy Fallon the next day said like when when they got to work the next day they realized that the 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 floor where the the band set up to perform had like l- like sunken into like fur- <laughs> like like it, it was no longer at level where it was supposed to be it had like yeah. sunken down because of all like all the stomping and jumping and yeah like, <laughs> so uh, yeah they. Um, just, just incredible group of musicians. Well, and those are like two bands who probably know like a good chunk of each other's catalog too. You know, yeah, that's like, probably right. <laughs> that's fun. That's yeah. really fun. Well, how many? Uh, well, we already did rock, rock and roll hall of fame ballads. How many? Um, <laughs> how many singles by the Crystals would you give this song? Ah, that's. I mean, like you asked singles by the Crystals, it makes me feel like I should give it zero. <laughs> singles by Darlene Love. I mean, I hate to be a broken record, but like, this is a really fun performance. It really is. <laughs> and I love Darlene's voice. And I love like hearing it hold up, you know, like it's, I love hearing someone who is as powerful, if not more, but just as playful as when they were younger, when they've aged into their voice. Yeah. So five. Nice. I'm a four and a half. You're a four and a half. Yeah. yeah. I figured. But um, j- just because, again, it's it's one of those things where, like, I like the original recording a little bit better than I like this, even though I like I like the spirit of this w- yeah. better. I like like the 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 mindset of this a lot better. But just it's one of those things like I don't, it's really hard to top an original from that era. You know what well, I mean? And so I don't know if you heard. I talked myself into it. You know, the I was like, well, she aged. That, yep, you know what? That's what I'm going to go with. She aged into... Yep, there we go. It's five. <laughs> five I, dude, five is totally respectable. I, 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 I was close to a five, for sure. Yeah, Four no, and a half felt, felt truer to me. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. I love yeah, it. Man. Yeah, it's good. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun, yeah. fun song. All right, so let me ask you this. We did a little jukebox check-in last week. What's what's the thing that you just like... What's the thing that you... In pop culture that you just like... you just trying to get out of your head... But you just keep coming back to it. Oh man, that's a good question too. Um, something that's been in my head that I I keep coming back to. Um, okay, you go first. You got to give me. You can't just pop these questions on me and expect me to just have a great answer. Sorry. On okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm not coming to these prepared <laughs> by okay. any means. Um, and and I didn't think this is even when I was asking it. 
I didn't think this was going to be. I thought I was going to talk about uh, The Last of Us, which is like, pff, wow. Ooh, I'm watching that tomorrow night. I've already oh, got a plan. Good, good, yeah. good, 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 good. That that video game is like the best book I've ever read. It's the best movie I've ever seen. Like, it is the highest art. It's the most beautiful storytelling. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Lord of the Rings, The Power of the Rings. Yeah. Is like, uh, I don't know, Lord of the Rings is kind of annoying to me, but I've always been into it. But it's still annoying. You know, when J.R. Tolkien's like, and then there was God, and she was an elf, and he was Earth. It all was one, and one was them, and they were a ring. It's like, that's the first episode, and it's just like, I can't do that. But uh, I don't know. There's this like uh, this kind of moment where it's just like moving in a way that you feel like anyone in your family could be sitting next to you and watching, and it would be okay. Which is wild for like a medieval combat movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been watching it uh, slowly and consistently for like two weeks. And yeah. Nice. I just started reading a novel called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Have you heard of this? No, but uh, This Time Tomorrow is my favorite novel last year. So I'm up, I'm up for tomorrow's. It's, it's on my list. It's coming up next. I'm, I'm trying to catch up. On, I, I went through a lot of the like... Uh, book critics like lists of their favorite books of 2022 and I'm trying to catch up on some of them and this this one ended up being at the top of several people's lists so I'm, I, I decided just to go ahead and start it but the Emma Straub book is is next it's it's Good. the next one on my stack but she's um, she's every book she writes I'm just like you're gonna write the best book I've ever read at yeah. some point in your life I'm I'm really excited to start her new one but or the the one you recommended. Yeah. Um but yeah, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow is so far I'm I'm like you said it's just in my head. It's it's, it's a it's a book that when I'm not reading it, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So I I like that. Cool. Yeah. So What's it about? It is about so far I'm I'm only about I don't know. I'm not I don't even know how far I am into. It. I'm I just started a couple of days ago, but um it, it is about um Two college-age kids who want to be game designers. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I'm sort in. of their their uh, their relationship and their like life journey or whatever. So, um, and just, it's it's well well written, well drawn characters. It, yeah. It's an interesting kind of world, and um, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I love something that makes you just keep thinking about it, especially if you don't like it at first. I think that's the most interesting thing, is when you're like, I don't know, and then you just can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And then at some point, like five years down the road, you're like, this is my maybe my favorite thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, for that, I always go to I, I always come back to um, A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. That's yeah, that, that's maybe my favorite novel ever. Yeah. Where you're at some point, you're like, what is this? And you turn the page. You're like, is this a PowerPoint now? I know. <laughs> the PowerPoint chapter is like one of my favorite things. But I've you're ever at seen. like yeah. before, right before that chapter. You're the only question in your head is like, what is this? Yes. I thought I knew what this was. And then you turn the page and it's a PowerPoint. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. And then you. You go away for three days, and you can't stop thinking about it. And you're like, well, I guess I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that for sure. Well, and we're coming up on – when this when this airs, I will have turned 42. And one of the things I do near my birthday every year is I watch Almost Famous. That's so right. I'm, I'll, I'll be doing that very soon. Well, I'll be thinking about you uh, and Almost Famous. I might watch Almost Famous in memory of you this week. Hey, you should, man. Let me know when you do. Maybe I'll watch it the Lock same day. the gates! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was the most unmarked Marin way to say that. <laughs> that was that was perfect. I knew exactly what you were doing. <laughs> oh man! Um, but in fact, I heard Tiny Dancer on the radio a few days ago and thought, like, oh yes, that, that reminds me. It's time to watch. It's Thomas time. Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a golden god. How do you know when the when the acids kicked in? <laughs> oh, uh, man. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being here again, JB, and thanks to everybody for listening. 
And uh, we will catch you everybody next time. We're going to be doing another cover song. And this time it's going to be the song Always a Friend uh, from the 2008 Magic Tour Highlights record. So um, until then, I'm Rob and that's JB. And we will see you next time.